Okay, today we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, this is Minister Macmillan, and today we'll be getting into the spiritual gifts. Before we start, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, 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 hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. And we ask, Lord, that you go with us through these, um, <clears throat> through your word today. Sorry, everybody. Through your word today as we study your scriptures and um, we look at ourselves today, Lord, to see perhaps uh, where we can make some corrections or we can add on to what we already know. Bless us the more, Father, with the things that you would like us to know and to work on. Father, we thank you, almighty God, for all these things that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everyone. <clears throat> Got a little bit of a <clears throat> nagging <clears throat> cough. <clears throat> uh, got up this morning a little foggy, so bear with me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> spiritual gifts, chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. There are, a, there are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit, there are different, there are different kinds of services, uh, different kinds of service, but the same Lord, there are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men, okay? Um, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom, and to another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Okay. More than one thing can be given out by the spirit. To another, faith, and by the same spirit. And to another, the gift of healings by that one spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Okay? Knowing what spirit is uh, the spirit of God and what spirit is that of the adversary. Uh, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, okay? And to still another, the interpretation of the tongues, okay? You are people who speak in different tongues. 
uh, and you have people who can interpret those different tongues. All these are the works of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, I know a lot of you are asking, well, can you have more than one? Absolutely. Uh, the more you um, are, the more you're given, the more is expected of you, of course. Uh, the closer you are, the more invested you are, uh, the more you indulge in the spiritual realm, the more gifts are given to you for you to understand. It's not so much about the power that comes with it and what you can do with it. It's about understanding. Understanding what? Understanding the realm, the kingdom of God, things that go on, how important they are how useful they are in when used in the right manner, of course. Okay. Uh, one, one body, many parts. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So you and I are one portion or piece of that body. When you put those pieces together, they make up a whole unit, which makes up the whole, uh, several units, excuse me, make up the whole body, okay? So, um, so it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Uh, whether Jewish or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, okay? Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot said, uh, should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason because um, it would not be because of that reason uh, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am an eye, because I am not an eye, I'm sorry, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason uh, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But it is fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be, okay? If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one part. But one body, sorry. Let's reread that again. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Okay? The body cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable 
and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is on it, every part rejoices with it. Okay? So again, we go back to uh, when you see your brothers and sisters take a fall, okay? And they are having problems. And you see them falling backwards or is something going on in their life that's not quite right. Or they're not talking right or they're not acting right. This is where you come in to help them because this is where he's talking about where they suffer. You suffer too, okay? Where they're lacking, you're going to lack too. And that's why he says to help them, to pull them back up, to try to get them back where they were, okay? And this is why because we're all one part of the body. Now you are the body of Christ. Um, okay, if one part is honor, every part rejoices with it, okay? Now you are, are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second, the prophets, third, the teachers, than workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, and those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But equally desire the greater gifts. Okay? And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongue of men and of angels, but have not loved, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I've gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrong. 
things, okay? Now, check yourself. This is where we check ourselves, okay? Are we, uh, are, are we, do we have patience in us? Are we kind to others? Do we have envy of any kind? Do we boast? Are we proud of ourselves? Are we rude? Are we self-seeking? Are we easily angered? Do we keep records of wrongdoings? Huh. Well, if you've answered yes to any of those, then you know that you have to work on your love aspect in your life. You, your love, not somebody else's love for you, your love. Now, I've always thought of myself as a loving person, but I have to admit, honestly, there are uh, one or two things in here that I need to work on. And I will get on that a ASAP. And it's not an easy thing to do because, you know, people can really rub you to the point where you, um, you know, you can uh, lose it, <laughs> put it that way. Um so, yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Now, here's more. Uh, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes always preserves okay love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when perfection comes, come on now, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the childish, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Okay? Love, very important. The important. Okay? Check yourself. Check yourself out. If you're not matching up to these in love, then there you go. There's a place you can start working on. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. 
he others mysteries with his spirit. Okay. Tongue is for the edification of the newcomer. That's someone who doesn't know God. Okay. And it's our way of speaking to God without everyone knowing what we're saying. Only God knows what you're saying. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophecies speaks to him for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongue, but, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongue, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongue, what good will I be to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as <laughs> flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound as clear call, who will get ready for the battle? So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. In them, I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying. I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts. Try to excel in gifts that build up the church, okay? For this reason, anyone who speaks in tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. Amen. For, uh, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. You don't know what you're praying. The spirit knows what you're praying, but you don't. So how does that edify you? How does, how does that do anything for you? Okay? Unless it's something that you 
really need to talk to the Lord about. You don't want anybody to know, you know, that's a different thing. But, you know, just speaking out in tongue and not knowing what you're saying to God is a whole different thing. For if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying? You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. In the law, it is written, Though men of strange tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to their people, but even then they will not listen to me, hmm. says the Lord. Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for the unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the believers not for the unbelievers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and some who do not understand or some unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if any unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everyone is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God. Explain God is really amongst you. Amen. Amen. People uh, come in or be in the area and they see uh, people praising God and, you know, worshiping God and, you know, in tongue, and um, it draws them, but then at the same time, it pushes them away. But when you start telling someone about themselves, and they don't know you from Adam, okay? They've never met you, but here you are, reading their life out to them. Hmm, that's a different story. Then they believe okay then they want to know more then they're being drawn to god okay what then shall we say brothers when you come together everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation a tongue or an interpretation all of these must be done for the strength of the church if anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. 
Yes. If someone, if you're speaking in tongue and someone raises up and starts speaking in English what you're saying, that's interpretation. Okay. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Okay. Two or three prophecies should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in time so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of prophecy are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So having more than one prophecy go forth at a time is not just confusing and conflicting, but it's out of order. It's out of God's order. Okay. Um, and we know that when confusion comes into place, that's not of God. That's the enemy. As in all the congregation of the saints, women should remain silent in the church. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. They, if they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home. For it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Now, a lot of ministers today take this and run with it, and they want women to shut up and sit down, keep quiet, don't have no part in the church, don't take no activity, because it says right here in the scripture. Now, we have to remember how to interpretate things properly. This was only given to the church of Corinth. Okay? because the women had become uh, overbearing and overpowerful and they had overstepped. Um, and God was uh, speaking through Paul to let them know they were, they were not in right standing. Okay, so this particular part right here is only directed to the church of Corinth. It was not directed to women uh, today or uh, past time, only for the church of Corinth, okay? Uh, did the word of God originate with you, or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritually gifted, let him acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. If he ignores this, he himself will be ignored. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophecy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Okay? Not everybody talking over each other, screaming out and yelling and confusion going on. That's not what he had planned. Okay. Um...
think we're going to break for a minute and then we will come back. Okay, everyone, thank you for uh, waiting on us. We went to break. Uh, we are back now in Chapter 15. This is the uh, Instructions on the Resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. And if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as the first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures that we, that he was buried, that he was risen on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have, uh, some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then all the apostles, and last to all, uh, he appeared to me also as to one ab <clears throat> abnormal born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecute the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effort. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believe. Okay, and now Paul is telling you, he, he, it didn't come to him easily because Paul chased down the Christians and killed them. And because of that, he had a debt to pay. Uh, you know, uh, people don't recognize that when they're reading the scriptures of Paul, but Paul had a debt to pay. And even at the very beginning, you know, he went blind uh, for a while before the Lord allowed him to see. And, um, once he saw, he saw. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Remember, the scripture says the first to raise would be the Son of God. Okay? And he leads off all others. So if the Son of God was raised first, will not there be others? Absolutely. There will be others. Others will follow in his footsteps. 
And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. Okay? <laughs> For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the death comes also through a man. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ the fruit, the uh, Christ the first fruits. Then, when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come. When his hands, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Okay, let's go back over that very quickly because he has this in order. For as Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Everybody gets his own turn to come alive in Christ. You get that turn. Christ is the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, those who turn to him, okay? Then the end will come when, his hand, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, all authority, and power. So all these people that think they have dominion over everything and power and authority and they're so great and grand. And they've got all this money and cars and houses and boats and land and la 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 la. <laughs> what does it say here about them? After he has what? Handed over the kingdom to God the Father. After he has destroyed all those things. So all these people that have turned to this stuff and think that they're doing so well. They're one up. They're above everybody else. They're doing so great. They got this, that, and the other. We all die. Everybody's dying. I don't care what you say. You can make stuff to make you live as long as you can live, but you're going to die. 
you're going to come under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father. And he will take dominion over you and all that stuff. And it will be destroyed. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. All that stuff, all those people. The last enemy to be destroyed is death itself. Okay? For he has put everything under his feet. And now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, amen, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the son himself will be made subject to him. To who? To God, the father, God, our father, who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Now, so God may be all in all. All of Jesus' followers are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is in God. All in all. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the uh, baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all. Why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean, that brothers just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained if the dead are not raised, right? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And do not be misled, but, comp but company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What do you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. The men have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another. And fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly body is another. 
The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And the star differs from the star in splendor. So, will it be with the resurrection of the dead, the body that is sown imperishable? It is raised imperishable? It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory? It is sown in weakness and raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. Amen. Now, there is a natural body, and there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a living, giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, and the second man from the heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are from heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, for the, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with, the immor with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immorality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory throughout our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you and always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is the Lord is not in vain. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I hope that everyone is getting a good understanding of this. Okay, we're going to get into 16 
And um, after 16, we will be coming out of 1 Corinthians and we'll be moving into 2 Corinthians tomorrow. All right, the collection of God's people. Now, after the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me, okay? This is a one-time thing. It happens once a year. So I want you to pay attention to this part, okay? People set aside a certain amount throughout the year for this, per this particular time of the year. Uh, personal requests. After I go through Mesopotamia, I will come to you for I will be going through Mesopotamia. Perhaps I will stay with you a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey. Whenever, wherever I go, I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. So he's speaking of this time of the year uh, all the way into Passover, okay? Because notice he says winter, and then he speaks about Passover, and uh, Passover is during spring. We just came, we're just now coming out of Passover, okay? Uh Uh, if Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is caring, uh, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord, just as I am. No one then should refuse to accept him. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to go to you with the brothers. Uh, he was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. But on your guard, stand firm in faith, be men of courage and be strong. Do everything in love. There you go, in love. So please, by all means, everyone, check love. 
if you're not measuring up to it, just, you know, face the fact, well, you know, I need to work in this area because love is the most important of all the gifts. Okay. Um, and we should all try to strive to be the best, uh, to come as close as we can. Okay. So look into that and see, you know, I've already seen my shortfallings, my shortcomings, and I'm going to work on it. Okay. Um, a be, a be, a be on your guard and stand firm in faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephens were the first converts in Achaia, and they had devoted themselves to the service of saints. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such as these and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunus, and Achilles arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you. For they refresh my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Uh, the church in the province of Asia sends you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house. All the brothers here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay? I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, and anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. Come, O Lord, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Matt. This is Minister Macmillan saying, uh, "Let's let's take." A note from the pages here of Corinthians uh, and Paul. And let's do our part in love. Loving us, loving ourselves, and loving one another. Okay? Uh, let's all take a look at love and see if we are actually doing our part. Or if we can do better. And work on it. Okay? All right, everyone. This is Minister McMillan saying, have a blessed evening and good night, everyone. Mm -hmm.